Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Monday, September 11th, 2023. I'm Micah Chopoli. All right, hope everyone had a good weekend and you're ready to go for another week of uh, fun. Another week of fun here on here on the Call-In Network. Uh, well, I guess I have to start with talking about uh, September 11th. Um, 22 years now, it was a 22-year anniversary, and we'll talk about some of the things that happened earlier today in New York and who was there and who wasn't um, at the memorial. But um, people are old, when these things come around every year, people say, where were you when, right? Where were you here all the time with, with everything, right? could be the beginning of a war, the end of a war. It could be a major event such as 9-11. Where were you when? We hear that a lot with the JFK assassination, right? Where were you when JFK was assassinated? Well, where was I on September 11th, 2001? I was in uh, Montreal, Canada, because I was living in Canada at the time. I lived there for two years in Montreal. So I was in Montreal. Uh, actually... Oddly enough, I had a, a trip planned for September, for Wednesday. Remember, September 11th was a Tuesday. So for Wednesday, September 12th, I had a trip planned to New York. Now, what I would do going between Montreal and New York City is I would take Amtrak. I think that route is now no longer exists or something like that. But with the great rail service we have here in North America. But um, I, that's what I would do. I would take the, the Amtrak from Montreal to New York. So I, I got up on the morning of Tuesday, the 11th, and I was just getting ready. I said, okay, I have a day to pack and get all my stuff done and get ready to go to New York tomorrow. And then I turned on the television and there you have it. I saw everything. That, I woke up, I'm not a morning person, so I woke up after everything had happened. And uh, I was just watching, you know, what I was just shocked and stunned. Obviously, I was not able to get to New York on Wednesday, September 12th. But I was able to get the first train out of Montreal on Friday, the 14th. So three days later, which I think about it now is pretty amazing that I was able to get a train that early. But it was absolutely the first train, Amtrak train, uh, that was that ran again. And so it was a very, it was the most bizarre trip I've ever taken, right? Because they're talking 72 hours after this happens and people are stunned and they're trying to get back to New York to their family. And you had like airline pilots. I remember I was, I was speaking to an airline pilot, right? Because there was still no flights. So this airline pilot was was traveling via Amtrak. And, uh, and I remember when we hit the border, it was like, I felt like I was like, you know, uh, World War Two or something. You know, they they came in with the uh, with the uh, customs and the uh, the, the uh, German shepherds and they were sniffing everything. And I remember having a, a, a kind of a, a weird uh, interaction with a with a uh, U.S. border guard who was a big guy, really big guy. And he had like two German shepherds. I remember we, we made a little joke about something. And I, I forgot exactly what it was. I'm trying to remember now what the joke was. But I remember we said to each other something like, well, you have to laugh, right? And we said, we both agreed. Yeah, you have to laugh or or else you cry, right? So it was just, it was a very odd trip, right? 
very odd trip and it took very long because the the, uh, the the stuff at the border was longer than usual right because everyone was on edge right everyone was on edge and then i got to new york late that night of, of friday um september 14th i remember that all of the uh pay phones were free remember this is this is 2001 there were still pay phones in new york and so i remember when you picked up the pay phone it was free you didn't have to put any money in it so they made the pay phones free for a period of time i remember that and then i remember that weekend i believe it was saturday the 15th i went down to it was either it was either saturday or sunday i went down to ground zero i wanted to see what was going on and i remember it was like post-apocalyptic i mean there was all this soot of course the buildings hadn't been cleaned yet so there was all this thick soot all over the buildings right all over the buildings covered in brown soot it looked horrible and you could still smell that horrible air that those poor men were breathing down at ground zero for weeks and weeks and weeks and months right and you could smell it it was disgusting you know metallic smell and uh i remember thinking how could people breathe this in constantly right especially being right there i mean they allowed us so far you couldn't even you couldn't even really see it was tough to even see the 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 ground zero area they had it all cautioned off and they had gates and everything going on and you couldn't get close to it i'm wondering these guys who are really down in there digging with their noses to the ground having to smell this stuff right and i was thinking this can't be healthy and now we know well many of them died from cancer lung cancer and such so i just remember walking around and it was very post-apocalyptic but you know what it was like it was like new york city when there's a big snowstorm a really big snowstorm like 20 inches 30 inches everything closes down all of a sudden it becomes a small town it's not a city of 8 million anymore it doesn't feel that way and that was the same way it felt on 9 11 after 9 11 like it was a small town everyone was being very nice to each other incredibly nice to each other with of course on the back of everyone's minds was can you believe what just happened can you believe what happened and uh so that's the i remember that very eerie feeling of everyone being nice to each other but also everyone thinking wow is this is this really happening is this, is this surreal and so that's my experience with uh with with 9 11 you know uh it was very weird being in another country the day it happened right because the people in Canada uh, felt it, but they didn't feel it the way Americans felt it, right? The people in Montreal, even though Montreal is only 350 miles from, I mean, it's basically the distance from uh, like San Francisco to where, LA, you know? So it's not that far to drive it in five or six hours. Still, it, it felt like a million miles away because it was a different country. So they didn't actually feel it the way people in the States were feeling it. So it was odd to be, you know, out of the country when, when something like that happens, right? Um, and, uh, and then of course the, everyone trying to decide how we're gonna, how are we gonna travel? How are we gonna get out of here? You know, how am I gonna get back to New York? and? And the uh, the planning and all that, and getting on that first train out, and uh, the experience of that uh, trip down. So it was quite memorable for me, right? 
because there were a lot of elements to it. And I also remember going to Brooklyn, where my family lives in, in downtown Brooklyn, and seeing ash and sheets of paper. I mean, that's how far. I mean, when you're looking at sheets of paper, these are sheets of paper that were on people's desks. They were on people's desks in the Twin Towers, right? So like pieces of paper, you know, copy paper, printer paper, a lot of ashes, um, just crazy stuff, crazy stuff. You know, so uh, that's my experience of of, uh, of 9-11. You know, that's what I remember. And uh, Todd's believe it's been 22 years. It's hard to believe there are people who are 21, 22 years old who weren't even around back then. I can't believe how time flies. 22 years now. But today, I found it odd that Ron DeSantis was there, and yet Donald Trump wasn't there, and, and the President of the United States wasn't there. I don't understand. Does anyone know what was on the schedule um, where Donald Trump couldn't be at, uh, at Ground Zero? Mr. New York, the New Yorker. You know, I'm reminded... I'm reminded of um, I'm reminded of something Donald Trump said. Someone put up a video. If I can find it now, maybe I'll try to find it. It's on my it's on my Twitter feed, and I remember this, but I had forgotten this because so much time had passed since nine eleven, and because Trump has said so many crazy things that I've forgotten that Donald Trump, when he was being interviewed, remember at the time, just a New York businessman. Um, not in politics, was being interviewed uh, as the towers were falling. Just just after, shortly after the towers fall, fell, he was interviewed. I remember him saying this, and I remember thinking at the time, what a, what a, what a disgusting thing for someone to say. And it was akin to, well, I guess my building's the tallest. Here it is. This is, it. This is Donald Trump's initial reaction to 9-11. Um, here, this is, well, let you listen to it. If I can cue it up here, let me, let me cue this up. Let me cue this up. Actually, oops, sorry. Here we go. Okay. Donald, uh, you have one of the landmark buildings down in the financial district, 40 Wall Street. Uh, did you have any damage or did you know what, what's happened down there? Well, it was an amazing phone call. I mean, 40 Wall Street actually was the second tallest building in downtown Manhattan. And, and it was actually before the World Trade Center was the tallest. And then when they built the World Trade Center, it became known as the second tallest. And now it's the tallest. And I just. Yeah, I remember him saying that. I remember, I remember that striking me as odd that once again, <laughs> it struck me as odd back then. It doesn't strike me odd now that he was boasting that after the towers fell, he owned the tallest building in, in downtown Manhattan. I mean, why would you even think of saying something like that, right? Why would you think about saying, as as these towers are burning, as the ashes are flying all over the place, you're being interviewed and you say, well, I guess my building is the tallest now. Why? But this is Donald Trump. This is the, how crazy he is. Everything's about him, right? Everything's about remember, crowd size polling my building's taller than yours this guy must have the smallest cock in the world he has to Donald Trump has to have the smallest cock in the world and I don't want to see it and I don't want to post any photos I just it has to be because this guy all he cares about is himself and numbers and his things being bigger and better than yours you see 
That's all he cares about. One would call this childlike, right? It's it's childish. Children do that, right? Oh, my 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 this is better than yours. My this is bigger than yours. My grades are better than yours. This is the childish stuff. These are things that that the the children talk about. So at some point, this man's development must have stopped because he still is in that childish mindset where my pole's better than yours. My crowd's bigger than yours. Hey, my building is bigger than yours now. I remember when he said that. It struck me as odd. And I remember him getting some flack for bringing up that fact. Why are you thinking about building height and which buildings are bigger than others when something like this is happening? And that goes into the, the mindset of Donald Trump. Yet Mr. New York... Mr. My building is bigger than yours wasn't even there today. Yet Ron DeSantis was. Now, what would the Trump cult be saying if it was reversed, if Trump was there and DeSantis wasn't? What do do you think they'd be doing? What do you think they'd be saying? Right? They'd be going absolutely bat crap insane. They would. They'd be talking about how Ron DeSantis is a loser, how he doesn't care about anybody but himself. And how, how Donald Trump is this is a leader, showing what a leader he is. And yet we see the opposite of that. Yet I haven't seen, outside of the DeSantis supporters on Twitter, I haven't seen anyone talking about why the guy, the former president, Mr. New York, who's running for president again, supposedly, we know this is bullshit, but supposedly according to him and his polls, the front runner, why he wasn't there. Why? Why wasn't he there? Look, I've talked about this before. Someone brought up this fact today, and this is very interesting, that Donald Trump is about the same, is almost exactly the same age as George W. Bush. Could you imagine, could you imagine George W. Bush running for president again now? Is there anyone out there who would want George W. Bush running for president now? Okay. Yet Donald Trump is the same age as George W. Bush, and yet gleefully running for president of the United States with the support of this huge cult. And I think these guys like Biden and Trump, and we've talked about this before, they are losing it. They are losing it. It's plain and simple. This is why they make so many missteps, right? I mean, Biden is in Anchorage, Alaska today. Trump is nowhere to be found. And yet there's DeSantis honoring the victims at Ground Zero. And while he was in Anchorage, Alaska, um, he, he made one of those, Biden made one of those weird, bizarre lies. Very weird, bizarre lies. Where he said he was at Ground Zero the day after 9-11. He wasn't. In his speech today, yesterday, in Anchorage, Alaska, he said he visited the World Trade Center the day after the attacks took place. This is what he said at his commemorative speech 
I don't know, how many miles away? How many miles is Anchorage? It's probably as far as you can get from uh, ground zero in New York, in this country, other than Hawaii, right? I join you on this solemn day to renew our sacred vow. Never forget, never forget, we never forget. Each of us, each of those precious lives stolen too soon when evil attacked ground zero in New York. I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastated. Uh, as a great many social media users were quick to point out, however, there's no evidence Biden visited ground zero on September 12, 2001, and plenty of evidence to the contrary. The congressional record shows that Biden was in Washington, D.C. that day, not New York City. Not only was he in attendance at a Senate session, but as the chairman of the Farm Relations Committee managed the discussion prior to a vote that would unanimously confirm a joint resolution condemning the 9-11 attacks. This in confirmed, this is confirmed in contemporaneous news coverage. So Biden wouldn't visit Ground Zero for the first time until a week later. So I was at Ground Zero. I visited Ground Zero before Joe Biden did. Joe Joe Biden went there on September 20th, nine days later, not the day after. So once again, you have one or two things happening here. You have a man who is lying on purpose because he's a sociopathic liar or someone who is so old and brain degenerated that he thinks he was there the day after when it wasn't until a week and a half later right so look i'm 52 and i still remember that i was there four days later maybe five not exactly i don't know if it was that saturday or that sunday all right and if i was giving a speech especially as president, I would say that. I'd say it was either Saturday or Sunday. I want to be specific. I want to make sure people know that I am telling the truth and I'm not losing it. So he's either just a bold-faced liar, once again, embellishing things, you know, or he's totally losing it either way. Uh, There's no way this man can be president again. But someone put up a, 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 a funny meme. Uh, a gif, I guess you could say, on on social media. And it was one of those Jenga towers. And it was like Biden, uh, you know, uh, talks to the families of 9-11 victims, saying he understands their pain because his Jenga tower once fell down. And, you know, you look at something like that and you go, oh, that's that's funny. That's parody. But it's very close to the truth. That's what Joe Biden does. He tries. He he has fake empathy by lying about his empathy. (laughs) lying about the reasons for his empathy now why do you have to do that there's a sickness there look i talk about the sickness of trump saying on that day being interviewed that my building is now the biggest but there's also a sickness with biden where you have to embellish this stuff there's no reason to do that in other words if you went to ground zero nine days later just say nine days later he wasn't president he was just a senator George W. Bush was president. So it's like he had to be there the day after. There's no reason for him to have to be there the day after. He doesn't have to be ashamed that he wasn't there the day after. He was in D.C. doing business. Why couldn't he just say I was there nine days later? Or how about this? I can't remember the exact day I was there. It was shortly after. That covers it. Nine days is shortly after. Great. But why say I was there on the 12th? 
I was there on the 12th looking into that mess in the rubble, and I was like looking through the gates of hell. There's something wrong with these people, folks. There really is. So while Biden is in Anchorage, not New York, lying about being at ground zero the day after, and Trump is totally MIA, you have Ron DeSantis down there being very presidential, meeting with the families who, by the way, invited him to come down and uh, doing what he, to me, he looked like he was doing what Biden should be doing, right? He was doing what Biden should be doing or what Trump should have been doing as the former president, Mr. New York, New Yorker. And yet there was Ron DeSantis once again being a human, connecting with people, being competent, doing his job, showing up and doing the right thing. It's just, it's it shocks me it really does that we have and i'm seeing more polls now right nobody wants biden to run again nobody wants trump to run again yet the media want them to be the media is doing everything they can to make the two of them the nominees again they want this rematch like it's rocky two right they want this big rematch country's a little more important than a movie it's more important than like a wrestling match or a boxing match right but you get on pay-per-view but this is what they want because those are the best they believe those are the best ratings right biden v trump are the best ratings and they can squeeze more ratings out for another year so the press the media wants biden and trump nobody does though americans don't americans don't there's a very small percentage of the biden cult that like him there's a very small percentage of the trump cult that want him but the overwhelming majority of americans don't want either of them around anymore so we have to look at what democracy really is when you have an overwhelming amount of people in who live in the country not wanting either of them yet the media has them fast-tracked to meet again if the media gets what they want, where is democracy? Where does democracy lie? Where does it lie? And is any of this real? Is voting real? If you have the majority of the country saying they don't want either of them to run again, let alone win again, how are they the nominees of their party? Well, the Democrat party, we know. They're fixing it, right? So there's no other choice. Okay, that's easy. There's no other choice. Uh, of course, we see the, the Democrat Party's gone, right? I left them years ago for that reason. They're rigged primaries. Okay, that puts them aside. Then you have the Republicans. We've talked about this before. Is the Republican Party going to be the party of Donald Trump, the party of the Trump cult, the party of extremists, or are they going to be the party of real normal conservative republicans again which you can agree or disagree with that ideology all you want but are they going to be the party of the trump cult or the party of true republican conservatism and someone like ron DeSantis, who is a competent person what are they going to be which which way are they going to go which way are they going to go with the competency of someone who can get the job done or the guy yell who yells on social media and brags that his building 
is now the biggest after 3,000 people died. They're going to have to make that decision. They have to make that decision. The Democratic Party is lost. They're gone. I personally, as you know, I've said many times, will never vote for a Democrat again. Will I ever vote for a Republican again after this? Will I, will I join the Republican Party? I have, I have Republicans who want me to join, who want me to be a Republican. I'm a non, I'm an independent. They want me to, you know, join, be a Republican, join the party. Am I going to do that? Well, I can tell you absolutely not if Trump were to become the nominee. Absolutely not. And if Trump were to become the nominee, I would never, ever vote for a Republican again. So which way is that party going to go? Are they going to be lost in oblivion along with the Democrat Party? We will see. I am very confident the answer is no. I think Ron DeSantis will easily win the primary, showing that the Republican primary voters got their act together and want, don't want it to be the party of Trump anymore, that they want Trump gone, just like most of America wants Trump gone. We'll see. I'm not clairvoyant. Hey, I don't got a fucking uh, crystal ball here. You know what I'm saying? No idea. No idea. But another great job of Ron DeSantis being presidential, being competent, and going to 9-11, to ground zero today, and meeting with these people, showing empathy, showing he cares, and he's going to be a president who cares, is going to be there every year, right? It'll be what, the 24th anniversary, the 25th anniversary, which is a very big one, which will be under his presidency. He will be there. I'll tell you what, Daniel, I'll get to you in a second. I'll tell you what, guaranteed that this time next year for the 23rd anniversary, uh, a week and a half, I'm sorry, a month and a half before the election, Biden will get his old shriveled up ass there. If he's still around, he'll get his ass there, right? But why wasn't he there this time? Why? Because he doesn't have to worry about winning the primary, does he? And you got, see, this is the arrogance. He doesn't have to worry about winning the primary. He doesn't go. Trump thinks he doesn't have to worry about winning the primary, so he doesn't go, right? Guaranteed, though, Joe Biden will be there next year. Donald Trump, God forbid, if he's a nominee, will be there next year if he's not in jail, which is very possible. But go when it's not politically expedient. And we're going to talk about political expediency with the hair gel king of California coming up here right after I talk to Daniel. Now, Daniel, you know what I'm going to talk about when it comes to the, uh, the hair gel king of California and his comments over the weekend. How you doing, Daniel? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I certainly do. Um, it's part of the controlled release of the truth to uh, try to... Um, um, bring the world's greatest crime to a conclusion in oh. which everyone is supposed to just say, oh, well, we fucked up. We trusted you. Well, you know, I, I'm sure most people know what he said over the weekend. You know, but the, in short, he, he pretty much said, well, we didn't know any better. If I had known then what I know now, I would have handled this differently he doesn't actually say what differently means he doesn't that could mean more mandates we don't know we just he just said handled differently because oh we would just and, and by the way he uses the same excuse trump uses that no one knew what it was everyone was scared no one knew what was going on so so we just did this and you know what hindsight is 2020 what can you do and we know 
that's total bullshit. And we have people like Marty McCarry and Jay Bhattacharya and Jennifer Say and David Hamadi and millions of them coming out on Twitter talking about how full of shit Gavin Newsom is with his non mea culpa that he made. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what did I say in April of 2020 after being asked by my family members and friends uh, so many questions about uh, COVID um, because I'm the, 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 the doc in the family? Um, <laughs> I just wrote down my four basic principles. Masks are ineffective. Uh, um, lockdown is only going to prolong and deepen suffering. Vaccines are for endemic disease, not pandemic disease. And obesity, and this, this, uh, the, this is primarily a pandemic of obesity uh, because it only st- struck those people that that's with, you know, had screwed up metabolic diseases primarily. That, that is the diabetes. Um, and yeah, to, to say that we didn't know any of this was just preposterous. I spent two months calling Gavin Newsom's office almost every single day, begging them to st- stop this isolating lockdown that ultimately took my father's life. And they didn't care one bit, not one bit about right. my pleas, not one freaking bit for him mm-hmm. to come out and say something like this. I mean, I, 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 I consider this, this person a monster um, as it is and, and always will consider this person to be a monster. Call him a sociopath, call him a narcissist, call him whatever. The guy is a monster. And did you, did you, not, not to, um, I always try to bring humor in a little bit into to to, all, to to reality. Um, did you see the sinkhole that opened up um, only about a hundred yards away from uh, Gavin Newsom's uh, winery uh, outlet, Plump Jack, on Fillmore Avenue in San Francisco? No, this yeah. today, this yeah. recently, a, a big yeah. sinkhole yeah. opened up, and and it just looks like uh, it looks like uh, hell is trying to swallow <laughs> that son of a bitch up. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I've never heard of a sinkhole opening up in San Francisco before, but right there at the corner of Fillmore and just like Fillmore and Union Street, I think it was. Is that is, that, is this part of our doom loop? Is that part of the doom loop sinkholes? You know, you know, I, I don't know if, if if doom loops have any association with um, um, decreased maintenance, et cetera, on uh, – on various water lines and things like that. I don't know if there could be a association with the doom loop and underfunding of the city or not, but it's the first time I've ever heard of a, of a sinkhole opening up in, in the city. Um, yeah, but it's right there, you know, a hundred yards from a uh, plump Jack Newsom's uh, winery outlet. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's trying to uh, take that son of a bitch back home to hell. Well, this is part, I'll read a couple of, uh, tweets in a bit. Jennifer Say has some great stuff to say about this, as does David Hamadi and Jay Bhattacharya. They all chimed in on Newsom's bullshit. This is what, this is, this slimy scumbag, Gavin Newsom, is what people really hate him. He's, he's a personification of what people hate about politicians. This is why I say, if I were writing a movie about a real slimy son of a bitch, I would, it would be Gavin Newsom. Right? I, my character would be as close to Gavin Newsom's look uh, as possible because and who he is, because that is what people hate about politicians. He now sees that all of this was wrong. People are now starting to say all of this was wrong. They were people are starting to realize they were hoodwinked. He sees the way the winds are blowing. He's reading the polls now. So now he wants to make it look like, oh, well, you know what? Uh, if I had known all this stuff, I would have done it the right way. Well, 
My question to Gavin Newsom is, you genius, you're such a fucking genius. How come that Ron DeSantis knew the right way and you didn't? What does that say about you, that Ron DeSantis knew the right way, didn't need to wait three years to see what the right way was, did it the right way when you didn't? Doesn't that prove that he's competent and you're an incompetent prick? Isn't that what that shows? That he actually is a winner and you're a loser? That he did things right and you needed three years and public outcry to see that you did it the wrong way? What does that say about you? Now, this is all assuming that Gavin Newsom didn't know the difference between right and wrong. That is, comes into question because, you know, he sent his kids to school. You know that, Daniel, right? He sent his kids to private school. So if it was so dangerous for kids to go to school, why would he put his kids in harm's way? If it was so dangerous to eat at a restaurant, why did he go with 20 people without masks at the French Laundry? You see, Gavin Newsom knew what Ron DeSantis was doing was right. He knew the right way, but he wanted the power way, having control over people's lives, being able to say, do as I say, not as I do. I'm better than you. My kids are better than your kids. That's what Gavin Newsom is all about. Unfortunately, he might not be as dumb as we hope or think he is, but he certainly is a shrewd, slimy, smarmy son of a bitch. He's a monster. <laughs> yeah, well, I like I like your word. I like your word. No, no, I'm being very serious about it. The guy is a monster. He had no intent of ever doing the right thing when it came to COVID. Mm. His only interest ever was in garner, garnering power. Right. Yeah. This you, you like I've said before on your on your show. Um, a good leader does the right thing, and a good leader helps people do the right thing. A powerful leader convinces people to do the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. That is what Gavin Newsom did. He was his he's he's going on TV right now and, and talking about, you know, 2020 hindsight as as though, as you had stated, we didn't know that this was totally the wrong thing to do from the beginning. But he's going on and he's talking about this with this 2020 hindsight narrative that that he's um, uh, pulling out of his ass and doing the right thing was never his motive. No. His, his, his 2020 hindsight that he's talking about is just, it's just his latest, um, just his latest narrative in, in, in yeah. what is nothing more than a ploy for power from the very beginning. He that's, was never interested in doing the right thing. That's his play. He was only interested in doing that which would make him more powerful and convincing people to do the wrong thing Make somebody very, very powerful. Well, and on, and on top of that, I mean, he knows, but this is part of his, look, this is his politicking. He knows that his people, once again, look, I'll compare cults all the time. And that's what I, that's what, when I say cult, that's what I mean. That someone can say something just, someone could be a total evil son of a bitch, can say the most ridiculous things that have no logic to them. And people will believe it anyway because it's their cult leader. I've talked about the Trump cult. Well, Newsom knows his cult, especially here in California, will buy that 
2020 hindsight bullshit. In fact, I'm seeing it on Twitter. Not only, Daniel, are they buying it, hook, line, and sinker, but they're saying this shows what a magnanimous man he is, that he could admit that he did wrong things. Don't you see? He knows it will play to these fools. Yeah, well, the American, yeah, the, the, the public, the American public, the voter knows um, what a huge, monstrous thing that he did, even in California. People, and the evidence of that is the fact that so few people are getting the booster for the shittiest vaccine ever. I mean, this is people voting with their arms. They're saying, no fucking way am I getting this. Um, you, sh- yeah. you should, um, it just does, it, not to be too tangential, but you should um, take a look at, uh, 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 John Campbell's, uh, Dr. John Campbell's uh, latest video um, where he's talking with a physician uh, that with uh, seven other researchers did a study. Um, uh, they just they just went through um, Moderna's and Pfizer's and uh, I think I can't remember if it was Johnson Johnson's or not. Um, um, no, it wasn't Johnson Johnson's because it was all MRA. Um, but they went through 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 their data. And, and uh, just to kind of double check it, um, they found that uh, that they've done the stats wrong, that the relative risk that uh, from for for serious adverse effects was quite a bit higher than uh, than the uh, pharmaceutical companies were reporting. And what's more, the thing that was really, really striking that you'll get if watching this video is that the relative risk for these particular mRNA vaccines turned out to be almost 1,000 times higher Mm -hmm. than the relative risk for normal attenuated or killed virus vaccines. Mm. 1,000 times as high relative relative risk for serious adverse effects. This This is unacceptable. And the fact that they could lie to us and, cre- and this this is fraud. This is outright fraud, outright fraud. And their protection with respect to liability, the pharmaceutical companies respect um, protection with respect to liability because of the 1970 something law that was passed that absolved them from indemnities. Fraud is not covered under that. Now, I want you I want to go in a different direction here. From what I understand, remember, part of. Newsom being full of shit is his, you know, uh, censoring of people who were saying the opposite. People who were saying the yeah, right exactly. thing, right? And but wait a minute. So he remember he tried to also muzzle doctors. Right. He tried to also muzzle doctors from telling yep. the truth, right? I hear that has now gone down the shitter, hasn't it? That bill muzzling doctors. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't sound like uh, Newsom is going to try to uh, appeal that the muzzle the doctor bill. I can't. What was right. it? Um, AB two five. Right, right. Or right. Where doctors have to tow. Right. Where doctors have to tow the Newsom line, whatever yeah. he says. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's um, especially given what has been uh, unveiled in the Missouri versus Biden case. He's got to be running really, really scared right now. Right. Um, exactly. The, exactly. he, he, he violated violated people's constitutional rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, 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 he can't just now. There is a I can't remember what it's called, but but government leaders have a, a certain amount of protection 
from uh, from from civil and criminal lawsuits if if they if the acts that they carry out are um, in the are part of their part of their duties you know yeah. where they can make decisions and make wrong decisions as long as part of their duties well censuring people Mm-mm. violating their First Amendment rights is not part of their duties Mm-mm. that potentially opens him up and right. all kinds of other politicians that did the same thing opens them up to serious criminal and civil lawsuits. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. I just play one on the radio. No, um, I think it's really going to open them up because they, this, this isn't an official act. This isn't a legal official act. act. No, it's not an official act. Bullshit. There's no, they have, they don't have any kind of immunity on any of this stuff. They don't. What what I'm saying isn't a legal, what, what, what I'm saying isn't an official act, which is unofficially, I mean, this was all, you know, cloak and dagger um, going to uh, um, social media companies and saying, uh, yeah, censor these people, specific people, specific names and specific topics as well. Censor, 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 censor. That is not part of an official duty. Right. Yeah. No, it's not part of official duty. It is contrary to their sworn official duties. Right. Look, Daniel, he... Once again, he's certainly not the brightest person, though he's a very shrewd, slimy politician. But he knew, he knew that there was no danger in walking on a beach, but he wanted to prevent people from walking on the beach. Just because, they, they put caution. Just because they, he could. That's it. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 they roped off and put yellow caution tape around children's playgrounds in my neighborhood. I know you couldn't go on the soccer fields. You couldn't go on the jungle what? gyms. You I mean, yeah. this was this this behavior. Right. It was just just unbelievable. But this I mean, is the problem. And this has not been solved, Daniel. This has not been quelled. This has not been cured. The power of, of a man telling everyone they cannot go on the beach, that he should not have this kind of power. One person should not have that kind of power. The police should not comply with those kinds of orders from one person. That's the problem. There is this fascism that exists here. We allow the fact there is a flaw. There's a flaw. Not just here, Australia, everywhere. There's a flaw, a fundamental flaw, which allows these elected people to say things like this, to make people do this, to make the police enforce these things, that has to end. We need protections. We have a protection against that. It's called the Constitution, but they stomped on the Constitution. And because they willfully stomped on the Constitution, their asses should be put in fucking jail. Jail. Did I ever tell you along these lines of, of, of thinking, did I ever tell you about... Um one of the moments early on when I just thought, oh, God, we're in really deep shit. <laughs> what was that moment? I, can't, I figured there were a lot of moments. But yeah, it was, it was just mm. one of these ones really early on where um, I, um, I, I, I called the um, police station in Richmond, California, and asked them, um, and I said, there's no, there's no law passed in this city in regards to mask wearing. But people are, you know, screaming at each other to put on their mask and people uh, and clerks in grocery stores are demanding that you wear a mask and saying that it's the law when it's not the law. Um, And so I just said, what are the police doing 
when these incidents arise and, and they arrive at the city, arrive at some scene where there's a big commotion. What are they doing with the people that are refusing to wear these useless masks? And, and the, the person that I talked to at Richmond police station, they said, just wear your mask. They didn't respond about whether this was legal, whether there's going to be anything <laughs> do that it. could just be enforced. Do it. Just, they just do said, it. just do it. Just yeah. wear the mask. And I said, no, I'm not going to wear the mask because it's useless and it promotes fear and hysteria. And that is a really awful thing to do. Right. And, and, and this was the response that I got from the police. They didn't say they didn't tell me what their policy was. They didn't they didn't tell me what the law was. They right. made no attempt whatsoever to clear this up in any legal manner whatsoever. Just, yeah. They simply said. Wear your mask. And they don't it was understand. Unbelievable to me. And they, and they I don't just understand. Thought, oh my God! Right. The Constitution doesn't mean shit. All of a sudden, it, and and that's the problem. And that's the that's the well, that's the fundamental flaw in the human psyche, I guess. But the whole idea of just do as you're told, and they don't understand because it's not as extreme. And they don't like these extreme comparisons, but the mindset, and I said this from day one, and I'll say it till the day I die, that mindset is the same as don't question why you must go into the gas chamber. Just go the fuck in the gas chamber. You don't have a right to put me in this gas chamber. Get the fuck in the gas chamber. It's the same thing. I'm told my superior tells me I must put you into that gas chamber. I'm not going to question it. Maybe it's wrong. But I'm told to do it, so I'm going to do it, and you just get your fucking ass in there. It's the same mindset. Don't people understand the Nazi, the fascist mindset didn't die with Hitler in that bunker? That mindset that allowed people to do those kinds of things, that remains in the human being DNA. That's the problem. Until we can find a way, it might be impossible, to get rid of that. These kinds of things are going to happen on all these different scales and levels from from, you know, from just being uh, power crazy to total fucking atrocities and genocide. Exactly. And if you don't understand that within yourself, in each one of us, there is the power to do real evil, then you are open. You are a target for anyone that wants to use you as a conduit of evil. Of evil. There's so many people. Right. That, that that we're doing this barbaric virtual virtue signaling stuff over the last few years because they just had this idea in their head. Yet you, you have to think that they that they just didn't think that they could do evil. That was just wouldn't cross their minds that their complacency could be evil in itself. That following orders could be evil. It just would not cross their minds. You have to, every one of us has to be aware of the fact that each one of us can do great evil. And if you are aware of that, then you at least have a chance of doing good. Yes, that's a great, that's absolutely right, Daniel. That's 100% right, 100%. And that's why these people that did these things at the highest levels need to go, need to, go to jail. I'll keep on saying it till I'm blue in the face. It has to be shown in history that these people were punished and they were severely punished for doing what they did in a country where we have a constitution which protects us from this kind of thing. Well, Gavin Newsom is not going to um, 
be able to run for president. Um, Biden is not going to be able to run for president. Kamala Harris certainly is not going to be the nominee. Um, who do you think is actually going to be the Democrats nominee? Well, we keep, you know, you and we've been saying on this show for two years now that Biden's not going to be the nominee. Yet here we are 14 months away. I mean, it looks like the guy's going to make it to the finish line at this point. He's going to be, he's, he's, the guy is just two sheets to the wind. I mean, he's got, he's got, you know, yeah, but that probably one more, one more season of, 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 you know, passable cognitive abilities and that's it for him. But, but they're, they're propping him up. They'll prop him up. They They'll can't prop him up. The, the guy is keeps falling down, literally. I mean, they just can't they can't do that much propping. Yeah, but they look, they're just they're hoping beyond hope that it's Trump and and as bad as Biden is Trump's approvals are lower and the all the you know, we've talked about this a million times. That's what their hope is. That's why we have to not give them that hope. We have to give them someone like DeSantis. And then they'll know they'll either have to change horses in midstream next year. Maybe at the uh, convention, they'll have to have a constitutional convention, whatever the fuck they do, and nominate somebody else. Or they're just going to have to lose next year. And then they'll deal with it, you know, beating beating DeSantis in 28. You know, but th- at this point now, it's getting so tight. I mean, you need time to run for president, right? You do need time. <laughs> yeah, but, you need time. But, but it's, but it's it going to be the weirdest if Biden was to be the nominee, this is going to be the weirdest. Um, there's just no press precedent for ever running somebody as a presidential candidate that everyone expects, everyone expects will not make it through his presidency. Well, but they, they'd have a but we know they would have a much better chance to win with like a nominee like RFK Jr. But the problem is. They know the powers that be in the DNC know they can't control him the way they can Biden. So they'd rather Daniel, we see this over and over again. They'd rather lose than have someone they can't control. Then they'll find someone four years later that they can control. They don't want to they don't want someone in the White House that they can't control. That's part of their party that they can control. No, 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 no. They'd rather have someone. You're absolutely correct. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. This is another case of uh, people not wanting to do right. It's uh, people accumulating power. And that is what the DNC is all about, is mm-hmm. just accumulating power for themselves. Yeah, they're not going to they're not going <laughs> to put uh, RFK up <laughs> a candidate that um, is indeed going to cause them tremendous amounts of power. And, and right, even though, once to- again, he's a much stronger candidate than Joe Biden. A much stronger. It's not even close. Not even yeah. close. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they don't they, care but, about that. They don't care. But there's there's just you, you can't reconcile an RFK uh, um, presidency with the DNC. It just can't be done. <laughs> no. But th- that's how crazy they are, is that they'd rather have someone of the opposite. It's normal for them not to be able to control a person of the opposite party. So they'd rather have a Republican in there than one of their own that they can't control. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because because if that were to happen, then they would be seen as a, a an institution with diminished power. Correct is what they Correct. do not want to happen. Correct, absolutely, one hundred percent. So, 
But, you know, like I said, time is a ticking. We've been talking for two years now that Joe Biden's not going to be the. I've said it, too. I said when when I started doing this podcast nearly two years ago, I said, oh, Joe Biden never going to be the nominee three years from now. But now we're 14 months out. Joe Biden could literally kick the bucket tomorrow. He could literally die tomorrow. He could. Yeah, he could. He and Trump can both go before the election. You know, so, you know, hey, wouldn't be a bad thing either. But, uh, you know, I'm a pessimist, so what am I saying? But anyway, look, it could happen, of course. When you get to that age, when you get too close to 80, you can go at any, any moment. You know, so, yeah, 14 months might be short, could be long, depending how you look at it. But it's getting, every day it gets closer and closer, and there's no real um, proof that Democrats are going to try to uh, replace Biden. So... Yeah, there isn't at this point, but you just can't run. A I, I just think I just think they're at the point now where it's like we win or we lose with him. And if we lose, we'll try again in four years. That's yeah, that's just that. If that is what they're doing, if that is the power structure that we're talking about right now, that is just so dysfunctional. It's so dysfunctional beyond belief um, it, from a political perspective, dysfunctional. I'm not talking about for the good of the nation dysfunctional. I'm talking about from a political perspective. Yeah, but think about this. They can try again in four years with Gavin Newsom, someone who they could totally Gavin Newsom is control. never president after what he did. He's simply never going to be. That guy is going to hopefully spend the rest of his life behind bars or be disgraced. Well, I look at reality and I say, once again, there's a lot of Democrats around this country who like him and think he's the best governor ever and would vote for him. Now, once again, we always look at general elections like I do with Donald Trump. And you look at general elections, right? So yeah, Newsom, you can't argue with me, Daniel, that he could win a primary. He could win a primary, but could he win a general election when you bring in independents and Republicans and all those people who don't like him so much is a different story, of course. But there's no doubt he could speed through a Democratic primary. I don't think that Newsom could make it through the primary. Oh, no. Come on. Of course he could. No, no, no. Really, really, I don't. By the time the primary happens, there is going to be too much that has evolved by then. We've got the Biden-Missouri case. We've got um, Jensen's case that's going to be up. There's the the, the case that Jenna Nunes was working on. There's just too many that are there coming. No, I'm talking about a primary four years from now, not this one, the next one. Oh, 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 you're talking about four years? Yeah, well, he's going to be total toast by then. You think so? Such a disgrace, he won't be able to show his face like George. Oh, really? Um. Most people in this country, Daniel, have the memory of a gnat. It could be that four years from now, a lot of this will be old news that no one's going to care about anymore. Well, four years after George Bush was out of office, George W. Bush was out of office, people thought people thought of him as easily, every, pretty much across the board. I mean, this is what got Trump elected, but thought of, thought of him as been one of the most got, misguided, foolish and reckless presidents ever mm-hmm. and that's what that's what got trump elected it was um, within republicans they just had enough of war they oh. had a, 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 enough of the uh, military industrial complex um, uh, guided by neocons they, they just had enough and trump came along and just said hey we ain't we ain't doing this sort of shit anymore um, that resonated with a lot of people on, on the political right and the mm-hmm. left 
Um, but once again, time heals all wounds, and now you have a lot of people, including but Democrats. But it, but it didn't. It didn't heal uh, George W. Bush's uh, persona. It didn't hear his heal his image, whatever. The guy well, but, still can't show his face in public. George W. Bush. That's not really true. There are many Democrats I know who, after Trump, say, "Oh, he wasn't so bad compared to Trump." Yeah, I mean, that's this, because there's been this, re- there's been this research of yeah, W. Because, yeah, but that's the Trump phenomenon. If Trump says go up, they, the Democrats go down. He says right, they go left, um, in out. You know, that's yeah. that's the Trump phenomenon. Trump phenomenon that's, that's no. going, that broke I mean, broke, was, broke so many was, Democrats' brains. Yeah. They don't like George Bush. They just saying they're doing that. Simply because they think it's the antithesis of Trumpness. Is, is, right. is, but it, true. That's true. Yeah. That's so, true. But, so, but, but yeah, they Gavin, seem to, Gavin, Gavin a lot of the Democrats I speak to who now don't speak so poorly of W anymore after Trump seem to have forgotten the Iraq war. They seem to forget that. That's like a it's a convenient they they, they conveniently forget the, the Iraq war. They conveniently forget the horrible economy. They conveniently forget what a fucking moron the guy was. You know, yeah. that's the scary thing is that people forget these very important things that happened recently, not 100 years ago, recently, the last 20 years. Well, they forget them yeah. if it fits their, their current narrative. And that's what they're doing here. If it's the current narrative of Trump evil and, oh, he's even more evil than, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's that's their narrative. Yeah. And um, and so, yeah, they're good. They're going to. Um, yeah, it's 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 an obvious superficial narrative. And, and, the, and the, let me let me let me do a little projection and then I'll have to go. To, let me go to, to Bill. But the little projection for you and the narrative will be and I'm going to I'm going to give Ron DeSantis the presidency. He becomes president. The narrative in 2028 will be among the Democrats. We have to get rid of this horrible conservative Republican Ron DeSantis, too conservative for America. We have to get rid of him. And Gavin Newsom will be that guy that they get behind. Yeah. Gavin Newsom's ever going to be president. And I am just hoping to hoping, hoping to hell that, um, that that sink another sinkhole opens up right underneath. <laughs> that, that would be beautiful. so, yeah. that would, wouldn't that be beautiful? That would just be so beautiful if Plum Jacks yeah. just sank right into a sinkhole tomorrow morning. The problem is the wrong people always seem to sink down. It's never the right people who sink down into the earth. It's the wrong people. That's the only problem. But you know, that sinkhole is a, a funny little phenomenon. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Check check it out. I walked by it this evening. They were hard <laughs> at work out there um, trying to uh, manage it. Um, I, um, they were really working hard, too. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not sure. I'm going to walk by there tomorrow to see how much um, improvement there is, but it, it's a, it's a big sinkhole. <laughs> well, I'll check it out. Thanks, Daniel. I appreciate the call. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good night, Bill. I'll get to you in a second. I do want to. Um, I want to stay on this for a second on the COVID stuff. So Jennifer Say, who you know, Jennifer Say, who worked for Levi's and was fired because she said she wanted kids to go back to school. That was a fireable offense at Levi's that she said kids should go to school, even though Newsom's kids were going to private school. She wrote this. Newsom kept churches closed because he doesn't go to church. He opened wineries because he owns a winery. He likes wine. He doesn't like church. He kept public schools closed because his children go to 
private don't go to public school they went to private school and they attended in person in the fall of 2020 he went to the soup bowl unmasked while sending two-year-olds to preschool masked he vacationed in cabo and went on a book tour when we were told we couldn't cross country lines to see our friends or go to a beach he ate at the french laundry with muckety mucks while telling us peasants we couldn't gather with family for holidays or have funerals for loved ones hard to fathom a bigger hypocrite do not buy what he's selling. His faux humility, oh, we didn't know. I'd have done it differently if we did, must be rejected outright. Megan Maureen said he's a liar. He knew early on. He sent his kids to private school and camps unmasked. He had dinner with friends while restaurants were closed. He had the Super Bowl while kids were masked in school. He knew it just didn't affect him. So that's great stuff. And there's one here I'm going to read, then I'll get to Bill. This is if I can get there from uh, one of my favorite doctors, David Hamadi. You should all follow him. Uh, David Human, I call him David. Human David Hamadi, okay? This is a real MD, PhD, by the way, not a, not a fake ex-MD, PhD. And he also responded, uh, if I can get down to it, to, uh, to uh, Newsom's fake, hypocritical, quote-unquote, mea culpa. Um, yeah, I guess he got it. Yeah. Well, let's see. Yeah, did Gavin Newsom finally get a uh, copy of the Constitution? Do you think he uh, he got a bite? Dave Human tweets more than I do. How does a doctor have the time to tweet so much? But he does. He tweets a lot. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, here it is. Okay, this is good. This is a good one. Okay. Uh, Gavin Newsom. Okay, so... He responds to Newsom, of course, saying, I would have done things differently. Okay, what absolute nonsense. Total fake apology. Under no circumstances should he be forgiven for anything he did. Hindsight wasn't needed to know at the time. As we all said repeatedly and were shamed in silence for doing that, closing schools, masking and testing healthy kids is wrong. Forcing masks on everyone in public spaces is wrong. Banning, visiting, dying relatives in a hospital, witnessing the birth of your child, funerals and weddings is wrong. Shutting, bankrupting businesses and making millions unemployed and permanently dependent on government handouts is wrong. Encouraging neighbors to snitch on one another and pitting people against one another based on their desire to mask or not is wrong. Using a pandemic as an excuse to empty prisons of violent felons, instantly creating tens of thousands of homeless drug addicts and criminals on our streets is wrong. Telling parents you love our kids more than anything we do is criminally wrong oh you telling parents you love our kids more than we do okay i wanted to read that right is wrong censoring physicians and threatening their licenses and scientists and ordinary people is wrong politicizing health is wrong taking away people's personal choice and life liberty and pursuit of happiness is always without exception wrong Make no mistake, Gavin Newsom is a big bad wolf in handsome rich man's clothing with amazing slick back hair and a Hollywood smile. He doesn't care about anyone but himself and his union buddies who fund his political ambitions. And the only reason he's saying any of this is that he knows through polling that his failed destructive COVID response is the greatest thing standing between him and the White House. Gavin regrets nothing. He's like the violent spouse who sends cheap flowers after beating his wife nearly to death, hoping she forgets what he had just done before her wounds have even healed. He's a master of deception and gaslighting. Do not let him rewrite history, as doing so will guarantee that the entire nation will repeat what California experienced 
under his rule. I love that. I mean, that's just, that, you know, uh, so well said. Oh, all doctors should be like Dr. Hermati. Oh, Bill, how are you, Bill? How's it going? Mike, can you hear me okay? Perfectly, perfectly. I was waiting for you to get frothed up. You're kind of calm tonight. What can I say to really get you fired up? I tell you the truth. I was going to come on and scream and yell about what a scumbag Gavin Newsom is, but I Uh, figured I'd be calmer because you know what? I'm not going to. I'm not going to get my blood pressure up for this piece of shit. Who cares? (laughs) You know, it's like we know what he is. Everyone knows what he is except his cult, and uh, that's just the way it is. And Hopefully, 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 like Daniel said, he'll never be president of the United States because, God forbid, that ever happened. Well, I like to quote George Galloway, the former member of parliament in the UK, the right and left cheek are part of the same dirty ass, Mike. That's That's pretty funny, Bill. The establishment dirty ass. It is. It is. And look, look, it it, it just, like I said to Daniel, it comes down to who they can control. And they know with a guy like Newsom or a guy like Biden, they can just control them perfectly. Where someone like RFK Jr., uh uh-oh, watch out. Well, you know, that's not, all you got to do is look at pictures of Biden and his earlobes. And they have, it's not the same guy. They have, I'm I telling have you. Something happened with, I, I, look, I know people age. I've seen, I've seen photos. Yeah. I, oh my God, this person doesn't look like they did. You know, look, someone at 40 doesn't look that way at 80. I get it. You know, I don't look the way I did at 30. My father doesn't look the way he did when he was my age. I, I get it. But there's something with Biden and it could be what you say, or it could be something just as simple as um, bad plastic surgery. But the face is weird. The ears are different. The eyes are very bizarre. I did, I don't. I didn't. As you get older, do your eyes? And maybe I should get Doctor Hamadi on here. As you get older, do your eyes become small and beady like that? I don't think so. I think you have to trust your eyes and your instincts. I mean, the, the bottom line is, when people have plastic surgery, they don't usually have their earlobes operated on to change the way they connect <laughs> to their head. <laughs> Listen, man, you got to look at this. It's an odd thing to be into, right? If you fix my earlobes, Doc, fix my, change my No, ear. it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It's like your fingerprints. It's kind of like a dead giveaway. Well, now, but he's the same idiot. Yeah. He's the same mm-hmm. idiot, just older. I mean, well, he's a good actor. they got an actor playing his role. He can't be, he can't be that different because we notice it. In other words, if his mannerisms were, all of a sudden, if he was totally lucid and, you know, speaking... Uh, well, he was always a pathological liar and talking word salad anyway. So, you know, even as a senator, I mean, honestly, think about it. How many times have you heard that a compilation of him lying as a senator about his college record and I, yeah, everything? Yeah, yeah. You know, the second thing, you know, it's but to, it's so simple. Just to say, look, with this nine eleven thing, reminding people he claimed he was at Ground Zero the day after it was a week and a half later, just say, I don't recall the actual day. It was 22 years ago, but it was within a week or two I was there. Why can't you say that? Why do you have to say something like, I was there the next day when we all know this is this is on record you were in D.C. making a speech on the Senate floor the next day? So it's like, I don't, this is what bothers me. He assumes we're all fucking idiots. 
Well, he's got speechwriters, so you have to ask yourself what's going on. And he's reading from a teleprompter, and and so maybe he's off on his own tangent. Who knows? But I think it's all scripted. Let me tell you. If hey, I'm let me a tell speech you. for him, I say, uh, what, do you, what, um, what are your personal experiences, Mr. President, with 9-11 that I can put into this speech? He told them that. He said, they didn't make it up. He said, oh, I was, th- I was there the day after. Put that in there. Put that in there. It's, but well, what I would do if I were a real speech writer, I would say, you know, let's, uh, let's check into that. Let's check into the record and see exactly when the pre- – look, as soon as he said that, People fact-checked and said, no, he wasn't there. He was in D.C. He went on the 20th. It would have taken his speechwriters five minutes to figure out the truth and put that into the speech. So the whole operation is fucked up. The whole operation is fucked up. Well, but think about this, right? How do you create the vision, okay? You run a candidate who's always been lying his whole career, right, and continues to lie, he fails upward. Then on one side, you're another guy who's done the same thing as a businessman, uh, declared bankruptcy six times, yet he's touted as the apprentice, some successful businessman. We know about the rest of his history. And so what you do is you divide the country into right-left. The one's outraged that they each outraged at the other side, and that's by design. Because what's going on behind the scenes are the deep state that's running this friggin' country, which is the globalists. And if you look at the cabinets of both parties, you'll see that. We talked about that. And if you follow the money, you'll see that that's what's going on from president to president. doesn't matter who they are. For the most part, they'll throw you crumbs to try and appease you every election cycle with something. Uh, each president runs on a populist platform and then comes in and does the opposite with the exception of, well, you'll get a few crumbs here. You know, we'll, we'll, um, for the Biden administration, we're going to get into, you know, uh, what can I say? Um, societal, uh, what's the right word for it? Mike, help me out. Oh, wokeism. And right. we're going to sign a black, a gay speaker for him, whatever you call the house speaker, whatever right. name is. Um, right. You see what I mean? It's all about that for him, and that's supposed to satiate people because they don't have any policies that are actually helping anybody. Oh, right. You know? right. And, right. And, they think that helps you, that in their minds, that helps humanity, putting, you know, putting a gay guy at the head of transportation who's had no experience in transportation. Right, right. It's not going to help us. It's going to hurt us, but they think it helps wokeness. It helps the, the, you know, it helps society that here's, you can see a gay man in this powerful position. You can see a black man as Speaker of the House, even though they're total incompetence. That doesn't matter to them. You know, it's like they think this really helps the world that they put a, a gay here or a black person there even though they're totally incompetent, when, of course, we know what that ends up doing is it ends up hurting those communities because then it makes every gay person look incompetent. It makes every black person look incompetent. That's the problem. When you find people where competency comes first, you will eventually find someone who happens to be gay or happens to be black. But when you go out there and you pick a person just because they are gay or black, you end up hurting people and those and the way those communities are seen you don't help them right right well you go the other side you go to trump and you've 
You see, he'll speak the populist message again, or you go all the way back to Obama, and then you look who's running the show, their cabinet, and who assigns the cabinet. you got to go back to the banksters and see what they're doing is, Mike, is they're creating this drama on the right-left side. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, you got the globalists, starting with the Bilderberg group on down, who actually assign those people in the cabinets. We know that who chose Obama's cabinet was the banksters. Remember the, um, what was it, J.P. Morgan, I think, or one of the banks that actually chose his cabinet, recommended, but that's exactly who ended up his cabinet. And Trump, you look at his cabinet, you got a bunch of same thing, Council of Foreign Relations members, Atlantic Council, Trilateral Commission, World Economic Forum members, Bilderbergers, banksters from uh, whatever, Rothschild Bank. I mean, this is, this is part for the course. And so they know what they're going to do. They got their plan to set up decades and decades ahead of time, you know, you know, in their, in their Bilderberg meetings, which was Kissinger, uh, uh, you got to go back to the CIA, Harvard, Kissinger, uh, that formulated that, the Rockefeller Foundation. And they, they, they all just represent the bigger, uh, what we might call multi-generational interbreeding uh really big big money that that that's managed uh, in and that dwarfs the money of the right. jeff bezos of the world I and mean, we yeah. talked about this yeah. so so then what you have to have then mike you have to have this political system that that's a major distraction for us meanwhile right. what the, what's really happening is those decisions are made by the ngos by the globalists and this, the, the puppets just play their role, mm-hmm. you know, and we're caught up arguing about Trump and the indictments and then the Biden crime family, the Trump crime family, and it's all kabuki theater, you know what I mean? It's very detrimental to all of us, but we're going to affect any change arguing that way. Somehow, and I don't know how, we can't do it through the courts. It's too, well, we get movement, we get bones like now this, uh, Biden versus uh, Biden, Maryland versus Biden, was it? The case that you just talked about? Yeah. Right. But if you look at that, the, the, the judges kind of weakened the original judge. The original judge came down and gave a lot more sweeping powers, uh, I should say, uh, state of execution for every government agency. Uh, but the new decision weakens it. I'm trying to remember the differences. Um, I'd have to go back and look. But, for example, the FBI, yes, was leaning heavily, but the State Department and the new decision, uh, if if you go back and you read the new decision, it weakens it. He didn't hold all 10 agencies accountable in the second, uh, in the appeal. Uh, Now, I I have to go back and look at the decision. I'm just remembering off the top of my head. We can talk about that another time. I have to research it. But you're saying it's watered down. It's watered down. Did you notice that? Yeah, it's a little bit watered down. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of a bone. It's like, oh, look, here's the heading. But if you read deeper into the case and you study it, it's it. That's the best way to put it. It's watered down. Not every agency is held accountable. For example, I think it was. The CDC, yes, but the NIAID, no. Right. How are they separate? Yeah, or no, the FBI, no. yes, but the State Department, no. Because right. the second decision was weakened. Right. Well, tell me how the State Department is separate from the FBI. It's not. You no, know, so, not. 
That's what I mean. It's it's yeah. bone. Right. It's more the same Kabuki theater, which is but, you know, destructive. I, I think there's some. We're getting more and more evidence that I know there's some worry about Ron DeSantis not you know being maybe a little controllable, but I don't think he is. I think he's his own man. And this is what he said today. Stay on with me, Bill. I want you to listen to this. This is what he's. He was asked by Laura Ingram about 9-11 in Saudi Arabia. This is what he said. Biden spoke in Alaska on his way back from um, from the, the G20 summit on 9-11 today. You're in New York City. Um, he says he was there and it was okay because after Pearl Harbor, people didn't go to Pearl Harbor, you know, every December 7th. So... Tell us about your trip to New York. So I, my wife and I got invited by some of the 9-11 families who we've gotten to know. And so we went. I wasn't in, like, the VIP section with these politicians. I was walking around the site with the families. We would go to where their family members' uh, names were. And it was really emotional because they're telling stories. And the way they've done it is someone that passed away, the names of people that knew each other close by. So they're telling stories about maybe their father's friends or husband's friends. Uh, and so my wife and I were really touched by it. And we are committed. Uh, and, and I also think back to 9-11, that, that inspired me to join the military. I mean, my whole life changed as a result of that, serving in Iraq, serving in the Navy, and ending up getting involved in public service. And so my wife and I uh, were really touched by it. And I've said as president, you know, uh, they've been promised uh, the documents on the Saudi involvement. They've been promised a lot of yeah. things over the year. we got to deliver for these 9-11 families, and I will do that. He said he will declassify all the intelligence documents. <clears throat> on 9-11, um, something that Biden, for some reason, hasn't done. So that's pretty good right there. I mean, this idea of, of declassifying these documents, <clears throat> finding out more about the what happened there and uh, what really happened. And, of course, Saudi Arabia's involvement. Look, well, that's obviously something that the Biden administration and most politicians in this country don't want, right? They rely on Saudi Arabia and their money and their power too much that they're not going to want to... Uh, let the American people know exactly what their involvement was. But DeSantis says he's going to he's going to do that. You know, so I think Trumpers, they they try to make it look like their guy is so independent and can't be controlled. It, and we know that's bullshit. Right. So and that DeSantis is going to be this usual Republican puppet who's going to be controlled by the RNC. And Trump is a, is his own man and he's a rebel and he's, you know, all this nonsense. That was not true for the four years that he was president, right? Once again, he didn't drain the swamp. He didn't destroy the establishment. He made the sw more swampy, right? He gave the establishment more control. Establishment figures like John Bolton and Steve Mnuchin and other people that you've mentioned before, Bill. Yeah, well, I think you have to remember Trump said he was going to declassify those documents. And he talked a big game about 9-11-2, and he gets in, and he didn't. Um, I'm not suggesting DeSantis won't. I think it needs to happen. I think, you know, this is a big, big, huge thing to unpack. Um, I've loaded up your live chat with all kinds of links on 9-11 that have come out since it happened. And for some reason, this app is so glitchy. Now when I go back to it, a lot of them are, aren't loading. But anyway, I have them in my head, I can just tell you. For example, let's talk about this a little bit, 9-11. You talk about an action... First of all, there were no, remember, despite what Colin Powell said, there were no uh, Iraqi weapons of mass destruction that didn't exist. And we know that Scott Ritter was a UN weapons instructor, uh, Marine, who 
who testified to that before Congress. Didn't matter. Biden chastised him, if you remember, when he was senator, a scumbag. And so, secondly, if you look, if you believe in the hijacker narrative, there were no Iraqi hijackers. There were 15 Saudis. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were no Iraqi hijack. 19 altogether, 15 Saudis, uh, two United Emirates, uh, one Turkish, and I think one Lebanese. But I know for sure there were no Saudis. I'm sorry, there were no Iraqis. There were 15 Saudis. Now, the Wahhabi terror cell in Saudi Arabia is where that originates from. And Saudis are a petrodollar trading partner that we sell a lot of arms to. So one would think that we could easily said to the Saudi Arabia and their special forces, and even send some backup, some Navy SEALs, are going to take out that terror cell if that was the agenda. But it wasn't, Mike, because now we can start unpacking what really happened on 9-11 which is you got to start with NORAD. We was a North American radar defense system. What, what the, Mike, your incident commander, of, and your primary objective is to protect, what, the Northeast Corridor from any attacks. Yeah. And you're going to send all those planes out on a training exercise so they're too far away to do anything? Well, you know, I just saw, I just went to a movie theater, and I saw Dr. Strangelove again, right? Now, Dr. Strangelove was made in 1964, right? You remember the scenes in the war room, right, where they would be able to track any planes that were coming in, any bombs, any 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 of uh, planes delivering uh, hydrogen bombs from Russia coming in. I mean, that was 1964, right? Of course, <laughs> they had that great technology where they would know right away. And in fact, the whole part of the movie, right, 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 right the right. Russians were going to know in 20 minutes that our people. Our planes have gone past the fail phase, uh, mm-hmm. fail safe into their airspace. 1964, right? So this is 2001. And yes. look, the point you bring up. Look, I don't want to get into the 9/11 conspiracies too deeply. It's not a conspiracy. No, no, it's no, a no. Fact. no. And what you're saying is kind of like a a thing that makes sense. It's a very, it's very bizarre that in the 21st century, you, as you say, where was the detection? To know, I mean, it's 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 it, it is it is bizarre. It's not just a detection. That's a sabotage. That's a stand down order. If you're in commander, you have a primary objective. My father was a naval pilot who landed on aircraft carriers. We talked. He and I've talked to people out who are naval veterans who totally concur with this. That 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 was a stand down order by uh, Bush, Cheney, and Rumsfeld. Because but they're just puppets as well. They're, you gotta. That's, 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 also, that's, you know, also is someone brought this up on Twitter today. <laughs> it's ridiculous. The people who believe, and there are some people who believe, that Bin Laden planned the whole thing from a cave. <laughs> planned the whole thing by himself with his helpers, with his apostles from the cave, and didn't have any outside help whatsoever in getting that done. It's kind of preposterous, isn't it? Well, you have to remember who Osama bin Laden was. First of all, he was, uh, was trained by the CIA, Mojahedin fighters in Afghanistan. That became al-Qaeda and the Taliban. The, 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 his, his, he had a CIA operative name, Tim Osman. Obama, Osama bin Laden, his family was tight with the Bush family. His, his, the seniors. Because we gotta remember, Bush was big into oil, right? Yeah. The oil companies, right? Well, it's, it was our American oil companies that set up all those rigs in the Middle East. Right. But yeah. we constructed those rigs. 
Yeah. Okay. When I say we are, are oil companies, not, right. you know what I mean? And so, of course, they were tight. And who, there was only one plane that was allowed to fly out after all the planes were grounded, if you recall. And that was the Bin Laden family. They were allowed to fly out, all this, the, uh, the relatives that were here. That way they couldn't be questioned by the CIA and the FBI. Yeah. There were so did we call that? Unanswered questions that uh, I remember people mentioning at the time. But where was this? Where was that? This doesn't make sense. Doesn't make, and then it just went away, right? Just kind of went away. Well, well, you know, you can go right back to the Pacific Plan and MacArthur, who didn't counterattack the, the, the Pacific Plan in, uh, for, for the Philippines, for the Filipino islands, for the Hawaiian islands, was that any base that was attacked, the other planes would counterattack. And nine hours went by, and Biden's, I'm sorry, Biden, huh? um, MacArthur's base on the Philippines, he did not authorize a counterattack. And nine hours went by, and the Japanese destroyed his planes on the tarmac. That was another one to allow us to get in. I talked to a veteran. I was out at Chile as I used to, when I used to get out. And I talked to this old timer and we're talking about 9-11 at the time. This is back 2016 and Pearl Harbor, his wife's sitting there. And I'm, we're talking about the Pacific plan and what really happened. And, you know, he's, he said, you're right. They allowed 3,000 to die to save 3 million to get us into the war. And if you recall, they were saying we need another 9-11 to get us into the Middle East, right? Boom. And then you had, you had the, you had the Twin Towers. Uh, Milton William Cooper predicted that naval intelligence, right. uh, if you remember him. And, uh, he'd said Osama bin Laden would take the fall. Um, he used to do a radio broadcast. You probably remember him back in the day. So, um, so you know, this is orchestrated. These things are orchestrated. You, people don't want to hear that, but if you start breaking it down, here's an example. Major General Stubblebine, Army Surveillance, okay? Uh, of course, he retired and passed on by now. And he said he could prove it wasn't a plane to hit the Pentagon. He said that the in the hole, the turbine was out of, of, of a missile. And he's Army Surveillance. That's what he did, Major General. And then you had Alan Sobrowski, War College professor, uh, Jewish fellow, War College professor. I mentioned him being Jews. Because he said, when people find out what happened, they're going to want to bomb Israel off the face of the planet. He said it was the Mossad and traitors in their own government that brought down those towers. He said Building 7 was a total demo job. It was dropped in total unilateral freefall. wasn't even struck by a plane. He said they dropped the other two towers the same way. And I put links for all those. Whenever I give you something, I always give you the source. And so I, it's in the live. You do, the, you do. I know, I know. It's in the live chat. This is You can hear these men saying this, Mike. It's not coming from me. They're video footage of Stubblebine and Sobrowski. And Sobrowski also was saying, you know, the USS Liberty, again, that was Israeli jet fighter that, that, that shot at our... One of our battleships killed, I forget, it was 34 and injured 100 and 150 or something. I don't remember the exact numbers. It's hard to remember everything. But And so, um, you know, this this is what's really happening. Um, there, 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 there's so much to unpack around 9-11. You also have, think about this. you got a 110-story building, okay? It drops and leaves two stories worth of rubble. Mm-hmm. That is defies the laws of physics, the whole thing. 110 stories. I was reading an article. Uh, there was a physicist who, who estimated the story, the rubble pie would have to be 20 stories high. Yeah. 
Where did the building go? How did it vulcanize? How did it end up uh, like a pyroclastic um, uh, volcano? When you, uh, you know, when, if things are collapsing on one another, there's also force equals mass times velocity, and there's an equal and opposite force pushing up against it as it's coming down. And you, if it, first of all, jet fuel doesn't burn hot enough to to melt three inch thick I-beam steel that are 14 inches in girth. Doesn't happen, Mike. Doesn't happen. The, the jet fuel burns off within the first five, 10 seconds at any plane crash. You, planes crash on the ground and so, rarely someone survives, but often body parts are still there. They don't incinerate. Um, the, the plane is broken up like it's, even if they hit each other on the tarmac, the, there's no way. John Lear, there's another in your chat, is an affidavit by John Lear of Lear Jets. He said, absolutely impossible. Totally impossible, first of all, with the altitude those planes were flying, with the G-forces that would have been created at those altitudes where the air is thicker than up in higher altitudes. He said those planes were all broken up before they ever hit anything it's not, as far as the towers go. And then when, when you're talking about the Pentagon, he said that it's a, the, the, well, the, but the point. Still, something caused those towers to come down and incinerate like that. I was there. Those towers were. Mike, I'm, no one's saying they didn't happen, but how they happened, the, the NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology report is, com you have 3,000 architects and engineers who signed a petition challenging that report. 3,000, not me. That's 9-11 architects and engineers for truth. Yes, they were dropped, but the way we're told they were dropped is, defies the laws of physics. Now, there's a woman, Dr. Judy Woods, the physicist, uh, Hutchinson, who, discusses there's lots of theories on how they reduce 110 stories to this is factual to two stories of rubble that part's in the, not in dispute not to mention they cut it when you have a crime scene you don't cut it off to china before you do a full forensic evaluation do you see what i'm saying how did that happen now i could tell you what she theorizes and i'll tell you why she in the smoking guns in her video that i put in the live chat first of all She's got the, the I-beams dropping. The, the, I, the, the tower was built in three-story sections of I-beams, vertical and cross-section, that were bolted together. There's a whole section dropping in midair, solid, as it's dropping, right? You know it turns to dust as it's dropping, like you dropped it into Alka-Seltzer? Physically impossible. She says, look at this. She said, we've never seen this before. So she called it dustification. She had to come up with a new term. And that's mainstream media footage that you can watch that's in the link. So that, that people have theorized 9-11 architects and engineers for truth believes the word thermite and thermite building demos. Okay, well, then she says, well, that could be part of it, but there has to be more because there's no way I-beam, as it's dropping as a solid, can turn to dust mid-air. And that's exactly what happened. All that concrete was pulverized, and a lot of that steel turned to dust. And there's only one thing that can do that, and it's well-established for many decades, is direct energy weapons. Or some people say um, cold fusion, um, actually cold fusion detonation the building would have had been seated with that yeah. but but the bottom that's that 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 adds up that adds up because you, even the firefighters there's footage that you could watch it put lots of links for firefighters saying they heard explosions boom 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 and they're talking about it and they're, they're like where'd the building go where's the mass of the building mike yeah. the, 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 
that that's something that has been covered up from day one, and you know that that's just then, like then, I said. Bill, I'm gonna let you go because I I want to just wrap it up with one other thing. But we'll talk more yeah. about this. we'll talk more about this. But then there are many physicists who say everything that happened happened and explain why it can happen. In other words, exactly the way they tell us it happened. You know, so there are physicists, yes, who say what you're saying, and then there are others who say, you know. No, this can happen, and explained why it can happen this way. So, who do you believe? Who do you believe? Right? It's not like every physicist is saying this is impossible. There have been plenty of physicists who are on record as saying, "No, this is exactly what happened, and this is why, and this is why it's perfectly acceptable that it happened this way." So, but you know, those documents though are very important. The, the Saudi Arabian stuff, the Saudi Arabian connection, other stuff that we don't know about. Once again, when you hide this stuff it just makes people believe that you're not telling the truth because you're hiding something so the declassification of these documents have to happen they have to happen period same thing with jfk 9 11 all this stuff these these documents everything if there's nothing to hide everything needs to be made visible to the public speaking of visibility to the public there was a f football game, right? The big college football game in Iowa over the weekend, and and uh, DeSantis and uh, and went and Trump. My God, he made an appearance, but it should be said that Trump was in the luxury box behind glass, probably bulletproof glass, where Ron DeSantis was out there actually in the stands with the people hanging out with the governor, um, and Trump is trying to say once again, this is part of Trump's sociopathic lying right and he's doing it more and more now when he goes to an event that's not his event that he happens to go to and says everyone's there for them it's as crazy as nutty as me saying i went to a game at yankee stadium and look at those fifty thousand people showing up to see me i mean that's insane right you would put someone like that in a mental institution well this is what he does he shows up at wwf events and says everyone was there for him right he shows up at uh at uh, iowa state uh, I'm sorry, South Dakota, right? Republican Party meeting. And he says everyone gathering, everyone was there for him when the event was sold out long before he was invited. And now he's doing it for the Iowa State game. Everyone was there to see him. No, they came to a big football game, you idiot. So, but not only that, he goes and he gets booed. There are videos of him being boo booed. You hear more boos than cheers, right? And I don't know if everyone's seen this, but there are the photos of the people giving him the finger and him giving the finger back. So that's how much Trump is loved in Iowa. Now, remember, people say, well, these are maybe Democrats who don't like Trump. Well, maybe, but Iowa, he won by eight points. It is now solidly Republican, and it's a college football game. I would guess they are overwhelmingly Republicans at that, and they were booing him, and they were giving him the finger, and he, as classy as he is, was giving the finger back while he gives the finger back to the fans. Donald Ron DeSantis is in the stands with the fans, hanging out with the governor, the same governor, by the way, who was loved by Republicans in that state, who Donald Trump bashed. As he bashes Sununu, the governor of uh, New Hampshire, who's also loved by not just Republicans, but every voter, a lot of voters in that state like him, even Democrats like him. So the guy is insane.
there's a problem with this guy. I played the video earlier of him as the towers are falling down. No matter how they were falling down, they were falling down. He sees them falling down. And he talks about how the first thing that comes to his mind is how his building is now the tallest. The man is a sick person. He's a sick man. He's psychologically deranged, psychologically deranged. But it was good to see people, you know, giving him the finger and booing him in Iowa knowing that he's full of shit, knowing that he's full of shit. Isn't it interesting the things you have to do when you're running for president? You have to go to a a football game that you normally probably wouldn't even watch on television. You have to actually be there. And DeSantis was. He was there among the people. No one was booing him. No one was giving him the finger. And if they did, he certainly wasn't giving it back. How about Novak Djokovic? He won the U.S. Open. How great is this? Remember last year, he refused to bend the knee, didn't get vaccinated, and the Australian Open and the U.S. Open, they wouldn't invite him. And this year, he just won the U.S. Open. I think it was his 24th Grand Slam title, tying him for the most ever. Uh, isn't that great to see? I guess the, I guess not getting the vaccine didn't uh, impair his ability to play tennis at a very high level. Isn't that interesting? Who knows? Maybe if he got the vaccine, he wouldn't be able to play tennis anymore. But this is great news. I love seeing good people rewarded. Good people, see, backbone, wouldn't bend the knee, and they were, and he was rewarded for this, which is absolutely fantastic. So that's good news. So good news. Djokovic winning the U.S. Open, Trump booed in Iowa. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to talk a little bit more. We'll talk more, you know, if you want to talk more about 9-11, that's okay. We're in the week of 9-11, right? Um also, I want to talk about a new poll that came out that showed that most Americans, the overwhelming majority of Americans, uh, do not believe that trans athletes should be able to compete in the. In other words, they should. Most Americans believe that athletes should only be able to compete uh, in the sexes that correspond to their assignment at birth, the sexes that they are, the sexes that they are. And at the same time, with the overwhelming majority of Americans are saying that. Athletes should have to uh, stay in the the sex where they were born, uh, play in that, uh, and not be able to men should not be able to dominate women's sports by saying they're transsexual. Um, we see California becoming the first state to uh, to start Transsexual History Month. Transsexual History Month in California. This is where I live. Transsexual History Month. Gavin Newsom, Transsexual History Month. And, you know, and people here believe that they're like trailblazers with this kind of stuff. Transsexual history. How, how, does that go, how far does that go back? Three and a half months? Transsexual history. Shouldn't that be called um, Mental Illness Awareness Month? I think it should be called Mental Illness Awareness Month. But we'll talk more about that uh, tomorrow. Um, also, Scott Atlas has some uh, polls about uh, people's trust in the CDC and FDA that he talks about. On his website, also the 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 routine, the royalties that big pharma uh, pays royalties out, the routine for pharma to pay royalties, and that all has to end. It all has to end. This constant paying of royalties, people receiving checks for big pharma, and also having power over policy with that ridiculous uh, conflict of interest. We'll talk about that. So there's a lot more to talk about. So we'll talk about that on on tomorrow's show. All right. Okay. I think that was a good show.
Thanks, Bill, for calling in as always. Thanks, Daniel, for uh, calling in. Greg, I see, is there listening live. Always appreciate people who call in and listen live. And, of course, the people who uh, uh, listen to it afterwards as well. That's great. That's actually very important, right? So, oh, you can always go on call-in, the call-in app, and look at the recorded shows. They're all there from day one. Hundreds, hundreds of hours. Of entertainment for you on the call-in app okay i want to remind everyone the name of this show is and let's be heard and i will be back with you tomorrow night 11 p.m pacific 2 a.m eastern time but until then this is micah shopley reminding you that your influence counts use it <laughs>